Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Just two taps on your phone. Instantly, you could buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, have them delivered to your phone, enter the event. So why not drop your old ticket app? Use one that's built for 2016. Again, do everything on your phone. We love SeatGeek. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by the Tim Ferriss Show, selected as one of iTunes' best of 2015 podcasts. Tim deconstructs world-class performers from every walk of life, business, sports, art, investing, and more to find the tools, tactics, and routines you can use. Uh, Past guests include Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Foxx, Laird Hamilton, and serial billionaire Peter Thiel. The episode with Schwarzenegger discusses the art of psychological warfare and never told before movie stories. Visit fourhourworkweek.com slash Arnold. I've met Tim Ferriss. He's a good guy. Uh, we're also brought to you by The Ringer.com, The Ringer Podcast Network, and my new HBO show, Any Given Wednesday. New episodes every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. You can watch the first seven episodes and every bonus clip we've done on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. I would urge you to watch this week's episode. We had Seth Rogen, Ricky Williams, and my old buddy, Rembert Brown. And we ended up doing a weed round with Seth Rogen and Ricky Williams, who I introduced as the Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig of the weed round. Uh, People like that one, so I would check that out if you have a chance. And finally, we're selling merchandise on The Ringer, helping to raise money for our friends at charitywater.org. The link is right on our website. It says merch, hoodies, t-shirts, sweatshirts, you name it. And don't forget to check out The Ringer Podcast Network because we continue to crush it. And don't forget to check out TheRinger.com either. Uh, Let's do it. Taping this on a Thursday, so Thursday rolling. A bunch of guests on this podcast. I'm not even going to promote all of them. I, we, we have so many guests, I don't even know who's coming up. But Chris Ryan's here right now. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Dream Team. Yeah. Olympics. We call them a Dream Team? I don't think so. What are they called? Redeem Team 3? I think it's the. They played a little bit like the Hangover Team yesterday. The, the Hangover Team? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Galvin Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I just. that Yesterday's game against Australia. It felt very much the product of those guys going to watch the swimming the day before and then going up to Michael Phelps and be like, what are you doing tonight, man? And he's like, I can't. I got a race tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to go to a spa, but maybe you can come out and join us later. So you think these guys are having too much fun? No, I, I mean, they're on the boat. How much trouble can they really get? It, that's not even the thing. It's just I think that they, they just seemed a step slow yesterday and everybody had a bad shooting night at the same time. I was kind of wondering a little bit about the, uh, you know, when they get to the Final Four and they have to go play in like the Syracuse Stadium, was at the Carrier Dome or wherever yeah. they have to, and their field of vision gets messed up because the stands are already different. It yeah. looked a little weird in there, didn't it? And yeah, it did. And, that's, and they like the color scheme is strange and like there's no fans anywhere around them. I wonder if that throws off like your shooting at all. My takeaway is that it's a very beatable team that wasn't terrifically constructed. And I'm surprised J.J. Redick wasn't on this team. I just would I would have overloaded on shooters. I have no idea why Harrison Barnes is on this team. I can't yeah. for the life of me figure it out. It's the weirdest pick. You could have taken anyone from the top ten three point shooting, but there was a moment in that game when nobody could make shots. Yes, and we were all watching. We had a big rigor NBA meeting, so we had all of our basketball people here, and nobody could make shots. And we were like, "What is the crunch time five if like they're down four? Yeah. The question also is like, why bring Draymond if you're not going to let Draymond be Draymond? Yeah. 
how is DeAndre playing over Draymond? Draymond's the perfect international basketball guy. I don't know. I our theory was that maybe the Snapchat thing was like a penalty for him. Yeah, the K was just kind of like you're gonna sit it, sit it out. I, yeah, you've embarrassed the program. It's also I don't uh, condone him that Snapchat <laughs> dick conduct. <laughs> he doesn't know what Snapchat is. I have a hundred dollars that says Coach K doesn't know what Snapchat is. How do you think that went when they explained it to him? So Coach K, there's this uh, social thing called Snapchat. You take videos that disappear quickly. Do you think? It, I think just like one bead of sweat came down his forehead. He didn't even know. Like it? he wasn't even able to verbalize his disappointment or his confusion. It was just like you know, like your grandfather watching Avatar for the first time. <laughs> it's like so. It's Draymond's dick, but it wasn't the entire dick. It was just the top half. <laughs> we don't know where it ended. Uh, it wasn't limp, and uh, and he immediately apologized. Coach K is like. He's our 11th man now. I can't condone that conduct. I just, it's been, I, I take your point with JJ. I do think that if you just did pure shooting around around one big man, that would be probably better than what they have right now. The, I, the I guess Lowry I don't understand. Thing yeah, too, it's like, why is the Rosen Is it like a team? package deal? And also, it just doesn't seem like those guys are really popping off. So it's two more guys. They, they basically have like wasted three spots, plus they're not playing Draymond enough. Right. And then playing DeAndre a little too much, I think. Yeah, play Kyrie, the Warriors, and Melo at the five? I don't care. I mean, like, do something. Like, you know, Melo played a little bit of five yesterday. I like Kyrie. I like Clay. I like Durant and Melo. And I like Draymond. That's our crunch time five. Yeah. Why is anyone else and playing at crunch time? Jimmy Buckets and Paul George to play three and D and kind of give energy and change. Great. Yeah. I don't think Paul when Paul George shoots in close Olympics games, I don't think they're going in. No, I don't I feel the same way over the like Rose going in yesterday. Australia was like two good shooters away from. That's really the thing. Like if we had had Kyrie, Clay, JJ, Durant, and Melo, it's over. Yeah. How do you guard those five guys? And then put Draymond in what? Hey, it's just weird. We didn't learn the lessons from the past. And then when they were firing up those bricks yesterday, and Australia started making plays, and it really came down to Joe Engels. Um, the much maligned Joe Engels, yeah. Joe Engels, but now he had a couple of plays where if he had just been a competent basketball player a couple of times, Australia could have won that game. He usually just, if that was Ben Simmons in the Joe Engels spot, well, I think ben they would have won. wasn't going to make any of those jumpers either. No, but I think he would have gotten some of the, they wouldn't have gotten out rebounded like they did. He would have done more than Joe Engels. Yeah. Did. And they wouldn't have been running uh, fast breaks that looked like they were diagrammed up in 1959. Yeah. <laughs> I know they did some good this double clutch. The peach basket. <laughs> <laughs> they did some good double clutch alley yeah. white guy alley. Alley-oops from like 1954. The Delhi where Delhi got like two feet off the ground yeah. it was really great. Yeah, it was a it was a redemption of sorts for Delhi. Yeah, who really got buried in the finals and then was deemed expendable by the Cavs and the whole thing. I said we argued about Kyrie. I think Kyrie is the most polarizing guy in the Ringer office right now. I'm pro Kyrie. I think he's going to be awesome. I don't think this you season. have a choice to be whether you're pro Kyrie or not. Like that's what I don't get. Is like you can say he's overrated right now because we're all riding high but that guy like you said yesterday he was like he scored what is it 45 points in, in game five he's, he's made fearless it, they built they drew up a shot for him in game seven i mean like come on they drew up the biggest shot of the season coming out of time of a timeout was the Kyrie. biggest shot in franchise history yeah Kyrie, we're gonna come out of this timeout we're gonna we're gonna get you in an iso with steph curry and you're yeah. gonna make a shot over him and we have lebron james on our team but you're our choice here and lebron's like that's cool he's gonna make this yeah I liked. What, I thought it was interesting what you were saying yesterday, just like Thanks. this idea about what will the Cavs look like in the, especially in the first half of the next season, and is it going to be like all Kyrie ball and maybe even try to get Kevin Love more involved and LeBron kind of be like, 
I'm, I got to I got to chill out. The move for LeBron, unless he's just wired and built like nobody we've ever seen in the history of professional sports, is in year 14 to scale back in the regular season. Yeah. And just kind of pop in and out when he's needed. I would almost compare it to like uh He should have a Rondo season. Show up for the national games. What? I was thinking like a Jack Nicholson and a few good men type of <laughs> yeah. impact where yeah. it's just like he comes in for some impact scenes and they're huge scenes. But really, it's a Cruz to me more Kevin Bacon movie. And Ky- it's t- Kyrie's time to be Cruz. Yeah. And Kevin Love can play, uh, what was it, J.T. Walsh? Was that the character in A Few yeah. Good Men who's Markinson? Yeah. He, used this, he used the first four months to get Kyrie and Kevin Love going. Yeah. And to get Thompson going and to build on everything that you had last year. And Ty Lue's comfortable and try out some things. And LeBron, I mean, I, I would play LeBron 58 games next season. Unless he's looking at career records and thinking, all right, if I do this, 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 and this, then I'll have 40,000 points. Like He might, I don't know how he thinks, but he might be looking at the whole big macro picture now and be like, I all right, I need one more title, 40,000 points. He seems to take um, perceived like narrative slights a little bit more seriously than statistical challenges. Yeah. Because he probably could lead the league in scoring every year if he wanted to, but I think that he would see the formation in Golden State as like a more of an imposing that's more of an imposition to him than like oh I, I gotta make sure I catch up with this person or that person on the all time scoring list I think he should have played in the Olympics I just I think it would have been for great for him I also just this is also are we manufacturing our like can, are we fake nervous about this like they're gonna win the gold I don't think it's a fake thing I, I think it's a kind of a flawed team and it's built around Durant and Mello have to be great for the for this team but to win and Kyrie's got a big shots. Durant wasn't good in that Australian game. I thought he stunk. You know? I, I don't know. I there's an alpha dog thing that always manifests itself in, in every Olympics, right? And in 08, there was this awesome moment when kind of Wade was awesome in the 08 Olympics, but it's almost like cause Kobe was there, he didn't play quite enough. I feel like Wade might have been the alpha dog, but Kobe was, you know, at the height of his powers. But in that last game, it was it got really tense. Everybody started looking around, and Kobe's like, "I got this," mm-hmm. and he made some big shots, and he won. And it seems like Carmelo is that guy. Yeah, this right. year. And Durant has to be the guy. I expected Durant to be the guy, but I, I think maybe Carmelo is the guy. You know, this is like stupid first take, hot take nonsense. No, it's, but, yeah, but it's it's a really interesting question. It's they, watching these guys decide because you're right. the guy. There's going to be a moment where, and la- yesterday was sort of weird. It was so physical. And the last five minutes took like 30 minutes and there was just yeah. so much fouling and muscling around. And they knew that was going to happen playing Delhi and Bogut. Like that was just going to be the way that those guys played. But there's going to come a time where somebody's going to have to be like, I'm taking 25 shots this game. Or just, I don't like where this is going. We're yes. up one all yes. of a sudden. There's three minutes left. The crowd's going crazy for the other team. I'm going to stop this now. There was a little bit of a reluctance to drive to the, to the hoop, I think, also especially because they weren't really getting the calls. They weren't they getting wanted. the calls. But like Durant in 2010 when the World Championships, I think they beat Turkey in the finals. It was kind of Durant's breakout moment. Yeah. It's like, I'm the guy. I got this, guys. Kobe in 2008, same thing. 2012, LeBron got in foul trouble in that gold medal game. And there was a moment when he couldn't get back in because of the international rules. It was like right. this 90-second stretch. And the lead was falling, and he couldn't get, he get. And finally, he got back in. He did some stuff. He kind of righted the ship, and then I think Chris made a couple of big plays. But even like having Chris out there would make me feel better. I don't know if I trust Kyrie, 
But I also, Kyrie scares me a little because Kyrie, Kyrie might be like, I got this and just miss a couple shots. Yeah, but I, it's like I'd rather have Kyrie try than Kyle Lowry kind of just do weird Kyle Lowry things, even though I like Kyle Lowry a lot on the Raptors. I don't, definitely I, know, I don't trust Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I don't trust DeRozan. I think you have to be... You have to have been in that spot at least once in a stage where you actually won. So you think they're missing one or one or two guys who have been there before? Yeah, but they have some. Like Clay's been there. Oh, you know we haven't even talked about this, but the other the other kind of waste of a roster spot, sadly, sadly, is Boogie. Yeah, but he had to be in the team. It's just he's not playing well. Yeah, but he's get, he's getting into foul trouble in yeah, the first yeah, nine yeah. minutes at every. That's so just like another guy where that right. could just be Kyle Corver or something, and and they could be. But Shoot. the pick was defensible, right? Sure. It's just, he's yeah. been, just been disappointed. Yeah, I, I mean, this is de- I don't, I don't really even follow international coaching tactics that much. But you also wonder whether maybe this is one too many Olympics for K. And no would, question. And maybe I thought Pop yesterday he was playing or the wrong guys. Or just let Tibbs coach this one. Yeah. And just kind of have like, just I, these guys just seemed like they could use a little bit more of a plan. I agree with that. I, I think they got they panicked when guys started dropping out. Yeah. And they just were just great. Oh, DeRozan said he'd play. All right, let's get him. And these guys are all really good NBA players, but we've learned over and over that international basketball, you need specific types of players. Yeah. And I don't trust Barnes when he's shooting. I don't trust DeRozan. Kyle Lowry, his shot kind of comes and goes. The percentages are better than the eye tests. He's also like, he's an MFer. He's like, he's yeah, like, I'm that's gonna, the thing. Like, he won't be he, afraid. Yeah. He's like, if Delhi wants to tangle, we can tangle, you know? So I look around, I look at all these different countries. I don't see the scary opponent. There's teams that bring that, like Australia is feisty. Yeah. And they're going to hit people and knock people around. Bogut is totally motivated. Croatia's still, fun. Yeah. yeah, Croatia's fun. Spain's like a guy short, but they'll still, you'll have to work. They'll post up Gasol. We're going to have to deal with that. Gasol's owned DeAndre Jordan forever. Like, that's going to be an issue. But there's not that one team that I think could... Yeah, could just shoot us out. Like yeah. the way to beat the team USA is you you got to make like seventeen to twenty threes, and you have to have somebody who can post up. You got to put us on our heels. Guys start missing. People start looking at each other. Uh, but it, I guess that the most shocking thing for me, which isn't that shocking because it's been a running joke now for eight years, but just how good Carmelo is in this format. I know, and how comfortable he is. And I still, I wrote this two years ago for Grantland. I still think like he could have been the best guy on the title team. We'll never know. I think his window passed. So you think that if he had gone, what, like what was, what were some of like the, the analogy is Dirk in 2011, right? You take a guy who's got a specific set of offensive skills, who's a forward, who's a tough matchup, who's not great defensively, who's somebody who creates shots for other guys based on the attention he gets, but isn't a creator and somebody who's just money in the last five minutes and who makes big shots and a tough matchup. Carmelo could have been Dirk in 2011. I think, I don't know if he could have been the leader, but we've seen it work. And I, I was telling you, I was telling you today, I'm, I'm becoming more and more intrigued by this Knicks team. Yeah. Because Carmelo's in awesome shape. I think this is the best shape I've seen him in in, in a couple of years. And if he comes back and he's like taking all the momentum from this, I was the guy in that Olympic team. I can, I'm one of the best seven players in the league. And they have enough good players around him. The East isn't that great. I don't know. Yeah, if Kristaps has like a good second season, there's no reason why they can't conference semis at least. Yeah, if he does, if, if Kristaps does the second year jump. Yeah. And then you can get 30 minutes a game out of Noah. 
and Rose, you know, the case for Rose is their point guards were so horrendous last year that even if Rose is the, the worst possible version of Rose, he's still better than Jose but Calderon I, I just last also year. like Rose has everything to play for right now. True. Every, it's contract year. Yeah. I mean, he's literally become like, he's like, he's become a punchline. And this guy was an MVP a couple of years ago. The Bogut thing pisses me off. What about it? I wish the Celtics had just traded the 31st pick in the draft for him. Just oh, makes me just mad. Just because you think he's like a good I just, guy to have I, I don't like that, that Golden State was like, oh shit, we have to get rid of Andrew Bogut. It's like, this guy's a good center. This guy, you can get 20 to I think 25. Andrew Bogut agrees with you based yeah. on how he was playing yesterday. Well, did you see he was in awesome shape? He was motivated. He's yeah. he's doing stuff. I wish he was on the Celtics. It makes me, makes me mad that Dallas just got him for free. Andrew Bogut is one of those guys, uh, Juliet and I call them frail stars. But there's definitely like two times a game where he's walking up the court and you're like, ah, he just tore a hamstring. Like he just right. tore it in half. Well, he like looks, he's just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in person, it's painful to watch yeah. him run. He's yeah. one of those guys when he's running, you're like, ooh. He used to be pretty pretty nimble, athletic guy too. Right back yeah. when he was on the Bucks, he's had a lot of bad luck injuries. I talked about that with him when I was in the pod. It was injuries like some guys are brittle and other guys just. They broke their elbow because yeah, they was fell the, wrong he, and it he, bended the wrong he way. He got like, his legs taken out from under him on a yeah. dunk, right? He yeah. had two bad injuries that were just flukes. But um, I liked the way he was playing. I liked how motivated he was. That Australian team, if they had had Simmons and Exum, because Exum's the other one. Yeah, I mean, I the, the Exum data, the sample Who knows? size for he Exum. He might not be right, good. Right. I mean, he's probably better than Joe Ingles. I think we could safely say that. Which, if you could, have, if you could add any star to this team, who would it be? LeBron? To this U.S. team, yeah, Curry, Curry, yeah, because I think it, I think I get what I think I see what the idea was in the sort of the way they were putting this team together because it's not unlike the way you see a couple of international soccer teams play put their teams yeah. together where like we're gonna take the cores of two good club teams, yeah, and if these guys all play together already, that's gonna be good for us. So Italy played with the entire Juventus defense, and England right. tried to use Tottenham and Liverpool as like the cores of their team, and I get the like. Look, let's just get a bunch of Warriors, a couple of Blaze, a couple, a couple of Raptors, and a couple of Thunder player, and we'll we'll be great. And I because of some people who dropped out, but I just think if Steph's on this team, this is like we've only we've only had one competitive game, and I guess we were a couple of points that like we were only up a couple of points on that a, Australian game was too was too competitive. It, I thought for where we are as a country okay, so and the players that we this. have, that come on. So if we're not going to get the very best of the best in the league, if we're not going to have LeBron and Chris Paul and Westbrook and Chris... I've already made this case. I think we should go 25 and under. Yeah. Because at least you'd be emotionally invested and there would be some suspense. Well, and also, I think it's good for those players. Yeah. I think it would be better for Kyrie if he knew he was the best player on the team. And I think it would be cool to have CJ McCollum out there instead of, you know, a couple of these other guys. But it just seems like there are no What was the starting five 25s guys that you had? I forgot about Davis, but I forgot about him because he was hurt. And I had I had Carl Anthony Towns in that spot, even though he can't legally play for our country. So that was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bad research by me. So it'd be Davis would be on there. Uh, the Kyrie, I can't remember. C.J. McCollum. I I only picked five guys that were from the last few years, and then everybody else was young guys. Yeah, 
I think that would be really fun. You know, that goes that Aaron Gordon. Like, put Aaron Gordon in the dream team. He'll try to have the greatest dunk of all time over Bogut's head. The only problem is that if those guys don't win the gold medal, then we have to go through this whole thing again, like the crisis in American basketball and those guys not taking it seriously enough. And then we'll go back. But didn't we win that though? I I feel like we won that battle. Yeah, I thought so too. But it's over. Like, I'm not worried about American basketball. Like, we're better than everybody else. We have the we have the best players. So let's. There What's hasn't audible? been this. So have you been watching other stuff besides. Yes. Yeah. And I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics, too. It, I don't know whether it's the way it's being broadcast or the, the actual truth, but the, the main events, it seems like there's just not been a ton of suspense. There was a well, the gymnastics. The gymnastics thing was a big body blow for NBC, although maybe it didn't hurt the ratings, but just that they're that, that dominant. Yeah. That removed a domino for them. That yeah, first they basically week. have to be like they're gonna win. It's a question of by how much and whether or not they're the greatest collection of gymnasts ever. You yeah, know? and hold on, do you know anyone who understands gymnastics points? Not particularly. Like, oh, there's point six nine ahead right. of everyone else. Right. It's like great. I have no idea what that means. I know every, I know a lot of people on Twitter who are, are gymnastics experts after yeah. reading two Wikipedias and hearing Tim Daggett talk about it for three right. minutes. They're like, oh, that wobble. That wobble, it's going to kill her later. It's like if if somebody won the Super Bowl 120 to nothing. It's like, no, it's it's really not. It's not, it's not anything like that, actually. It's gymnastics. Have you, uh, do you, what do you think of Allie Reisman's parents? I love it. That's exactly how uh, I am at every one of my daughter's soccer games. You're, just, so you're a nervous I'm fan? pacing the yeah. sidelines, yeah. It's an interesting counter narrative to see them be like, I, to see them be like, we're the reluctant soccer, you know, like the reluctant gymnast parents. It's like we knew this was going to be us. We didn't want this to happen. I like the neuroses involved in it. It's good. I I am very fascinated by the coaches. Yeah. And the relationships with the gymnasts and just I'm always this is terrible, but there's always like a creep factor with coaches because we've read so many bad stories. So I always find myself silently judging the coaches and their motivations <laughs> for why they're on the team. And it's like Ooh, that hug was a little well, there's long. There's also like a, a team coach, and then there's a lot of like individual coaches. Within yeah, I'm the judge. Center. I judge all of them. Okay. I always judge it by if my daughter was out there, would I trust this guy? Would I trust that guy? Uh, the outfits worry me now as somebody whose daughter about to be a teenager. Sure. The beach volleyball outfits, I think, got a little skimpy. I've turned into that guy. I really, really, really have gotten into team team volleyball. Uh, team volleyball has been indoor great. Volleyball has been amazing. You know, every four years, I was like, I, I go through amnesia and I forget all about it, and then it's just like. The fake spikes are incredible. Or like the I'm setting it toward me, but instead I'm setting it behind That's me. That's illegal, at the last right? Second. Like Andrew Wiggins yeah, can't go illegal. for a fake alley oop to distract yeah. somebody and then have Carl Towns come in right behind him and dunk it. That's not fair, right? My, it's the first Olympics I've watched with my daughter, and she's fascinated by the bodies. And little kids notice things that we don't notice because we're so used to it, but she's fascinated by the different bodies. And how the different types of bodies seem to work for different sports. Mm-hmm. So, like the gymnast bodies are very, they're all similar. They're like these stubby, like they're little power bodies. And the volleyball bodies are these long, you know, they, they, they're like, they look like Alex Morgan if you just stretched, stretched Alex yeah. Morgan out yeah, and made like her Kim six Hill inches is longer. Six four, and she basically has like, I can't even imagine what her vertical is, but right. she's just like skying over people. So the basketball players look like that, but they all have like bubble butts. Uh-huh. They basically the volleyball player with bigger butts. And then the swimmer bodies, they're all like high, you know, everything's above the waist muscle and then skinny legs. Yeah, there's the guy who, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy does breaststroke who had like the inverted chest plate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he swam because it was good for his like body to grow out of that like deformity. It was really 
that was a really interesting story. So my daughter watches these things and she's like, well, I never could have been a gymnast. I'm too tall. Uh, she's watching the, uh, the swimming and she's like, my legs, my legs are too strong. Like the swim, the swimmer legs are all like these skinny, like almost like uh, runner legs. Mm-hmm. And then their upper body is just massive. Um, and she keeps looking at like the volleyball is maybe the closest, but even their bodies, it's just weird. It, it's like hard to believe we produce so many different types of athletes. Yeah. That's one of the things that jumps out at me at the Olympics. Did Michael you, Phelps's body is like, we'll never meet anybody whose body looks like that. This is a good focus group thing. Does she care at all about when this stuff is on? No, she doesn't know. I don't even think my daughter understands. I don't even think she knows this stuff's taped away. Okay. I think when you're a little kid, you just assume everything's happening live. She thinks my show is live, even though I'm standing right, <laughs> sitting right next to her watching Greenwald it. and I were talking about whether or not the Olympics should just be basically like a two-week first weekend of March Madness situation where it's more or less accepted that you're going to be watching at work and everybody has like a really communal atmosphere around yeah. the television and everybody goes out for long lunches and watches the Olympics. But it would pretty much completely kill the prime time, which is the only reason why NBC spends like a billion. Well, it's not the only reason. I still reason. feel like people would watch the prime time if they showed it in real time too. That's the part I don't get. But you, I would want like the entire like it's it gym gymnastics is on right now and it's got like I, it's just really it should difficult. be on right now. We should be like oh the gym, it's yeah everything should be live. They wouldn't show the basketball on tape delay. That's the part that's weird. It's like certain sports are right. tape delayed, and then the other ones they know they can't. But one of my other big takeaways is swimming's kind of boring. Let's be honest. I think if the, it wasn't the relays for the are really Phelps, exciting. The relay is super fun. Yeah. But when you're watching like, oh, it's the 800 meter medley. Right. It's like, wow, this is going to be 10 minutes long. I'm just watching people swim. And thank God for Rowdy Gaines. Because he gets so excited. Rowdy Gaines is Gus Johnson for swimming. Yeah, like, oh, it really, oh, really helps. Oh, what a off the wall! Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy's like way ahead. Yeah, it, it. I think that the one thing that has helped for this Olympics has definitely been the rivalries. Because Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps have been so dominant. And, you know, every, oh, Phelps pretty is... much like when people get up on the blocks, they're like, this person's going to win. Yeah. It just depends on by how much. But it has helped that, you know, LaClo and Phelps had that beef with the butterfly that Lily King was doing, the finger wag. Like, there's been a little bit of tension. So that's helped the swimming a little bit. Well, the other thing that's really helped is Phelps is filling that Tiger Woods void that we've all really missed. Of, like, how good can well, Somebody's guy? just yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. They're just like, I'm the best one. How dare you challenge me? Yeah. People love that, and they've missed it. I think as good as LeBron's been... I don't ever feel like we've 100% totally committed to him being that guy, the how dare you challenge him guy. Sure. Tiger was the last guy I can remember who was really wired that way, where when you have that guy like messing with uh, Phelps and doing the shadow boxing and that the thing became the social media meme this Phelps week. Phelps face, yeah. The Phelps face, like that wouldn't have worked with LeBron. There's no NBA player that that works with. I don't think there's really a football player. I don't think there's a baseball player. Hockey, no. Like, you just go through. It's pretty rare that those guys, but LeBron, it's. I mean, who challenges LeBron? Stanley Johnson? I mean, like, who's who would ever shadow box? Will though? Like Draymond punched him in the nuts. Yeah, but by accident. Draymond was never like. I mean, like Draymond cursed him out a little bit, but it was like it wasn't like Draymond doing powder in front of the Cavs bench in Cleveland, which is a, you know, Klo was basically doing that to to Phelps. Right, but I'm. And it and it and it failed. Yeah, it was it was like a yeah. desperation move. But it reminded me of like Jordan in, I don't know, ninety two and ninety three when the Knicks were trying to get in his head, 
And not only did it not work, it just made him mad and it made him better. And at some point you're just watching it going, this is a bad idea. You don't, don't make him mad. This is stupid. Yeah. It's Kobe never got that way for me. And I, I I never felt like, Oh, don't make Kobe mad. Right. I always go on a pendulum between how much I like to watch dominance and greatness versus how much I like to see competition and underdogs and comebacks and stuff like that. Like, you know, on one hand when peak Federer and you're watching him and you're just like, this guy's just technically superior to every single tennis player right. I've ever seen. And there's just why even play. And then every once in a while, you know, it's it, it, sometimes it gets a little dull appreciating greatness. And I think that that's, that's what we run into. Phelps isn't like that. Cause Phelps is so for comparatively for swimmers at 31. I, mean, I love having Phelps. Yeah. Yeah. This, Phelps is the best. Oh, the only thing that bothers me about Phelps is it takes the attention off of Lochte. Yeah. <laughs> it's poor Lochte. Yeah. Lochte and, had to have at least thought of doing a Tanya Harding on Phelps at least 50 times. He He's started definitely with the hair. His mind. He thought about yeah. it. Yeah. He definitely thought about it. I think Serena has that, has that quality too. I don't mean to overlook her. Yeah. I think uh, Serena's hit some points. And what's weird is the, the flaw in the Serena ointment is that none of us were surprised when she immediately got bounced from both both uh, doubles and singles in Rio because it's like she has to almost convince herself to put her heart in it if yeah. it's not if the stakes aren't totally there and part probably part of her is like oh good I'm out of Rio I what did they leave. say what, did she talk at all like oh I have an ankle thing or what was like the Rio thing it was who just, knows she just lost but if it was Wimbledon I, she's not getting bounced like that yeah I, that's you know, you know it's funny because like we never it's hard to have this in football it's hard to have I mean, you can respect the Patriots on like a long-term basis. You can respect the Packers on a long-term basis. You can respect the Seahawks. Quarterbacks can get there a little bit. A little bit, but so Rogers, much of it's depending on like, like if you don't have a left tackle, then like you're true. dead. You know, Rodgers and Brady, a couple other guys. If they're playing an inferior team and the inferior team starts doing this stuff, like what that swimmer tried to do to Phelps, yes, it, you just go, don't do that. That Rodgers is just going to destroy you. Yeah, you know, I do think there's, but I like having. I like having Phelps. Like I hope he is able to keep it together. To, to the thought of him being in Tokyo in 2020, yeah, at 35, if he be? could wait, be like the relay guy again one last time for yeah. like one last gold. Like we'll never see that again, not in our lifetime. No, it's been it's it's he's been such a huge thing for American swimming, and it's kind of like I. I don't I'm trying to think right now like of like whether or not like I've ever had more confidence in an athlete than I have in him. Tiger. Yeah. Tiger to the point where I just felt like any time down the back nine. He's got it. If it became a skin situation, my I'm betting my life on Tiger. Yeah. Phelps has turned into an I'm betting my life guy. Probably eight years ago he turned into that guy. Yeah. Chris Ryan, this was fun. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Quick break to talk about our friends at Sonos, the smart speaker system that streams all your favorite music to any room or every room. Control your music with one simple app. Fill your home with pure immersive sound. Brings all your music into one app. All your favorite music services. You can control everything from songs to volume to which room it's playing in. You can play in two rooms, you can play in seven, play in ten, whatever you want to do. Play a different song in the living room. Play one in the bedroom. Play one in the bathroom. You can play a special bathroom song if you wanted. Sonos is amazing. I actually have Sonos in my house. And it's really cool. And what I like to do is because baseball is so freaking boring, I turn the baseball sound off and then I listen to music in the same thing. And it's almost like a, a much better version of baseball announcing because they're not baseball announcers because baseball announcers are terrible but uh check out sonos and also since we're let's talk about casper the perfect mattress sold directly to consumers 
an award-winning sleep surface developed in-house with a sleek design, and it's delivered in a small, how did it do that size box? Plus, it's breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night, which is great for me because my wife is warm-blooded. I don't know if I don't know if you have a warm-blooded girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, whatever, but warm-blooded people get hot. It's always been a source of tension in the Simmons house. Casper helps out. Five hundred dollars for a twin-size mattress, nine fifty for a king-size mattress. Comparing that to industry a- averages, that is an outstanding price point. Even better, risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver it to you. You can try it for hundred days. If you're not happy. They'll pick it back up. Find out why Time Magazine named it one of its best inventions of 2015. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash BS and use code BS. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to the podcast. All right. I'm here with Trayvon Free, Joel Solomon from the Any Given Wednesday writing staff. Two Yankee fans. Yeah. I don't know how I ended up with Yankee fans on this show, but but they're here. You hired people from New York. I know. Well, so we're, it could have been worse. We could have been Mets fans. We're taping this Thursday. <laughs> that's true. We're taping this Thursday afternoon before A-Rod's last game at Fenway Park. Uh, I just want to go on the record. It's not going to matter. People will hear this after the game. But the Red Sox I know and love and the Boston I lo- know and love and the Massachusetts I know and love, we would throw at A-Rod in the first at-bat. But are they still right. those Red Sox? 95-mile-an-hour fastball right in his back. Just a little farewell present. He would no ex- rocking chair, no T-shirt, no signed jersey from the whole team, fastball in the back. And, and the Yankees fans would love that. that would and be the Yankees a, yeah. would love it. Yeah, yeah. It would be, be a bench clean bra where none of the Yankees would come out. It would be a good daily news headline the next day. <laughs> nice little olive branch from the Red Sox. <laughs> if Ooh, it was a yeah. bench clean bra, would any Yankee come out to defend A-Rod's honor? Maybe like three, uh, Chase Headley, just because he likes to mix it up. CC, if he could get out there quick enough, maybe. Let's see, yeah. waddle out. He'd waddle yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, all right, so the A-Rod legacy comes to the Yanks in 04. You won a World Series with him. Yep. Highest paid baseball player of all time. Some weird Jeter relationship. Like, would you, I'll go with Trayvon first. Would you do the A-Rod experience all over again? Would you run it back? No. No? I don't think so. What would I you do, Joe? It would be tough to stomach, but at the time... You get a title out yes, of it. Yes. He did help you win the 09 title. I mean, I guess you do get... But I feel like you'd have to go back and run the scenarios of like what, what was happening when we took A-Rod and what, could, who, what player could we have gotten that might have changed the course of that Yankee history. Right, so it basically came down to Aaron Boone blew out his ACL playing basketball that led to the A-Rod trade. And a big part of that at the time was keeping him away from Boston. So to do it over again, I mean, it's tough. But also two MVPs in there, don't forget. For the Yankees? For the Yankees. Really? I don't even remember that. Two MVPs. I think I blacked that out of my mind. What would Boston have been like with A-Rod? Well, that's the thing. So we, we lose Manny and Nomar in that trade. In a, in the winter of 03. and then you get all the shit that came with a rod, the steroids and the suspensions. Well, we had the steroids already. We had yeah. we had plenty of those, I think. <laughs> but uh, no, I think we we lose Manny. I don't. Th- we don't win in 04 and 07 without Manny, unless a rod replicates what Manny did. We certainly don't win in 07. Manny and Poppy won the World Series yeah. for them. But I I just knowing what in 03 we didn't totally know what a rod was like. 
we knew he was a little full of himself, but I think the re- he had a reputation of somebody who does, you know, just plays hard, take care of his body. But he's so I don't know fucking, if his personality would have worked in Boston. I don't, I don't think it would have either. But yeah. he's, he's so good. That's the thing. Like A Rod, is it's hard to separate the steroids from the stats because right. you don't know what effect they had on his productivity. But for a player who's probably the most hated sports figure. In the last how many years, would you say? You go sports figure? I think so. People wow. fucking hate A-Rod. I'd have to think about that. He's definitely the most hated baseball player. I mean, what sports figure? Think about, like, when I think about all those New York uh I mean, you posts, go with, like, the Ray Rice types. Like, people... Yeah, I mean, but on, on a longer, like, yeah, uh, yeah. on a, over a period of time, like, he's been... New York media just fucking hated A-Rod for so long. It seems like the Yankees hated him. And yeah, I remember being at a Yankees game, the last Yankees game at uh, the old Yankee Stadium, and there's this guy, A-Rod's about to bat, and this guy next to me is just fucking tearing. The Yankees are winning. Yeah. And he's just tearing into A-Rod. So like even, and he singled, but the guy still didn't give a shit. He just yeah. hated him, and he was just going off about him to, to pretty much anyone who would listen. I think Joel kind of secretly likes A Rod. Is my takeaway. The, my thing is he the expectations were so big, and when you were coming in with the core four, he didn't ha- he didn't stand a chance. How these guys were best friends. They came up together. They won championships together. And yeah. I don't know what the comparison would be. You know, if there's like a Van Halen and then Sammy Hagar comes in. I don't well, think it's that's, like a hit TV show where they added some. Yeah polarizing character that like never totally changed the mom on Fresh Prince or something <laughs> and, and then yeah and you're like what who's this lady Aunt Viv didn't exactly wait a minute and that's kind of A-Rod he, he got penciled in he was supposed to carry on the legacy they were, him and Jeter were best friends and you know I, I think he gets a bad rap sometimes with the contract it's an enormous contract but you know who else has an enormous contract Josh Hamilton and Ryan Howard and Albert Pujols yeah but well you know what's, what's one yeah. of the things he never got credit for, and the reason the Red Sox deal fell through, was he was trying to give back $25 million of that contract. Like he was actually, I, I thought it was a relatively noble thing that he never got credit for. He gave back like 10% of his contract to go from a losing team to play for the Red Sox and try to win a title, which if anyone else had done that, we would have been like, wow, right. what a great guy. An awesome human being. But then when you see the photos and you hear about the Minotaur painting, and you're just right, like, and then you think like, oh, it's an ego play. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted to be liked, and that and that kind of was his Achilles. That's heel. the thing he did yeah. always just want to be yeah. liked. Well, if so, if he goes to Boston, okay. And part of the appeal of that trade was they didn't have the quote unquote face of the franchise, right? Nomar, people in Boston liked him, but he wasn't exactly Mister Dynamic. Manny had had kind of had his ups and downs. And they were like, we're going to get the best shortstop in the league. He's going to become the face of our franchise. We're going to sell Nesson with this guy. And there were real reasons. They didn't know Ortiz was about to become Ortiz. Right. You know, they didn't see they didn't see the Manny resurgence coming, all that stuff. And he goes to the Yankees, and he's a third baseman, yeah, he takes which him, is yeah. a waste of A-Rod. It's like if you had Will Ferrell on SNL and you just make him the weekend update guy. Right. Like It was kind of a misuse of how great he was. I, no, I think so. I mean... But you also have to probably think about what happens if you try to get Derek Jeter to move from shortstop. You, you couldn't have. Yeah, you can't get a guy yeah. with four rings to move. And Jeter yeah. was still a good shortstop at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. No, he was never going to move. But, I mean, that that shows, like, 
like how LeBron can go to Miami and adjust his game. I mean, that took, you forget, like that took real kind of uh, a big move for A-Rod to just step aside. He was the first ring chaser of the decade. Everyone thought LeBron invented, actually ring chasing goes way back. But yeah, A-Rod did a ring chasing move. I don't think he gave up. I think it was illegal for him to give up the money. To so, give up the twenty five million? Yeah, 20? I think it was like I think he had to keep the contract because the players union's like once we set that precedent. Well that's probably why he yeah. he said it, because he knew it wasn't gonna happen. Oh, you I, think it was like an evil genius move? I mean, maybe. Well, I would I heard that was kind of what happened with uh Robinson Cano too, where he wanted to take less money to stay with the Yankees after he'd gotten offered more money by uh, on the agents. By the um yeah, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. And they were like, if you take the like if you set this precedent of taking less money to like be loyal to a team it messes up everything we try to do for you guys i i mean my hottest take on this is that i'm gonna kind of miss a rod to to your he point, was a fun but, villain i liked yeah. having him around i enjoyed the a rod era i liked complaining about him i liked when he came up small in the crunch time and i don't know there are things i enjoyed about the experience yeah i mean he had big moments i mean whether you however you feel about steroids or not which i'm totally pro steroid he had big moments that were fun to watch, and we. Got I can't t- remember any of them. What were they? I mean, I feel like it's more the milestones. Getting <laughs> to like the, the focus home. on 09. Just he yeah. did come oh, through in 09. He focus did. on 09, and that was that was when everybody finally like let off of him a little bit. But I think the big moments for A Rod were seeing him knock off notches on those different milestones, like the home run totals and. The hits total, all those things. He was just crushing Yankee records. Last year at, at 40, had a great year. He really I mean, did. Carried yeah, him to... I think we were talking about people who thought he was like might yeah. have been on the stuff again because he was playing At that point, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I guess, him could to he, a wild card. I guess he could have lost money. They made a wild card. And I'm you know, in, interested in what you guys think. The Yankees in the last week have genuinely made me feel bad for him, which was I thought would be impossible. 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 <laughs> and when Girardi's saying, oh, I, I don't do retirement tours, no, that's all you've done the last four years. Yeah. So to <laughs> Mariano, kick, kick him out to the curb and also do it like abruptly in the middle of the season when the 96 team is coming back this weekend, not give him final at-bats in, in Boston. I, I think that's a token of it going to the top of the organization, his, the hatred for A-Rod. Like, Cashman yeah. fucking hates A-Rod. No matter yeah. what he says publicly, he's so glad that this dude's So what gone. are all the reasons Cashman hates A-Rod, do you think? Because Obviously because they had to lose a year of his contract. Yeah, I mean, they had that big public fight where A-Rod was saying things in the press and Cashman was having to, like, backpedal on certain things. And yeah. he's. I mean, this guy's running the Yankees and you're putting him in the position to have to, like, spar with a fucking player. And do you think part of it is that they paid him all this money and yet he was cheating and when they gave him the giant contract they didn't realize I guess maybe that he was cheating and so they were paying for kind of a false bill of goods yeah I mean, that's they, how they I probably would feel. feel burned yeah and I think I'd it's part of why Cashman is like fuck this dude you don't get a farewell tour you don't get it's all I mean it's definitely like a tarnished legacy and just the giant headaches that A-Rod came with but also they, I think they genuinely want, want him out because of production. They were going to release him. Like we, we've right. talked about this all week. Right. Like it come if he was hitting like he was hitting last year, he'd be the toast of the town. He's not hitting. They want these contracts off the books. That you know, Teixeira's gone. Cece's on his last leg. I think they have McCann and Ellsbury. That's it. They want these new Yankees in, and they're like, hey, they should have let Cece yeah. go like three years ago. 
What's weird? Well, it's weird that his way out of all too. the fan bases, I think the Reds, which is why it's funny that his last road game is tonight. I think the Red Sox fans have the fondest feelings for him for two reasons. One, that trade falls through and that ends up winning us three World Series. Um, hold on. I was. Oh, and the other one is uh, game six, 2004 LCS. The slap. The slap. The glove slap. On Arroyo, which 86 <laughs> years of Red Sox history was leading up to our expectation of that was this guy cheated. He's on second base. They're only down by a run. We're blowing this game where we had a huge lead. And this is the Red Sox all over again. And he's going to get away with this. And God hates the Red Sox. And then they review it and they call him out. And then he's at second base with his, oh, what did I do? And right. it was just like the defining A-Rod moment. <laughs> that's what it took. That's what it took to reverse the curse. And, I mean, that's it's, I mean, it's even, still painful. That is still painful. painful for you guys. Because you, you thought you guys thought you were going to win that game. Jeter scored. When yeah. that happens, oh, you're like, oh, we're coming back. 2004 is one of the worst years in sports for me personally. In my life, period. The, yeah. that, oh, because you had the Lakers. Losing that series and the Lakers losing to Detroit just, like, it destroyed me. You were a shell. I was. Those were two championships that were supposed to be guaranteed. We had this super Laker team they built that was supposed to just plow through the Pistons. Yeah. And then you were up three or three zero, three one against Boston, and you end up losing. Oh yeah, that was like four or five months later. And you end up losing the entire yeah, like back to back. Just when did you know you were going to lose to the Pistons? What game was it? I think it was. I knew game three. I kind of felt it around game two and three, where it was just like these remember guys Kobe pulled game it. two out of his ass, yeah, and then it was like, oh, the Lakers got this, and then the Pistons just killed them. They in just game turned three. it on. It was I, I couldn't explain it. I didn't know what it felt like. Oh, this is just the will of the sports gods saying this team. Yeah, we've had to, it. <laughs> this team's supposed to be champions this year. And then I remember game four, Shaq had one of like his great playoff games, and during that game, going. Oh, this is starting to feel like the O the O two King series. They're just gonna pull this whole series out of their ass. Shaq's gonna and then it was like that was it. But I feel like the Red Sox hurt more because it had to have. It was probably it was kinda like how Golden State fans probably felt this year when you're like, Oh, we're gonna destroy this team. We're up three one and they just yeah. come back and Well, that was the, also an identity loss for you guys because it was like and I, I felt it, it my whole life. The Yankee fans, oh, you're, we're like the little annoying brother to the Yankee fans that anytime they want to just smack us in the face. I and mean, then that statistically, you saw it slowly happening. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard to oh, do in a, baseball. It was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you had to deal with the pain and then realize this was some like destiny shit. When what? Tony Clark hit that ground rule double, that every time that goes in the corner, it just rolls around and people just run around the bases. And that was like the one time it just bounced over. And that could have been the game right there. You it, would have taken it, the it lead was also, in extra innings. It was also the first time, well, what, game seven when Damon hits the homer early? That yeah. was the first time it's like Yankee fans, especially with the old stadium, till two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth, still had a chance. Standing up going St- nuts. This time it was like, holy shit, this is it. This is this is done. It was, uh, we, it was a weird Yankee team. You look back at it, it kind of lost its soul. There was all those guys like the Kevin Brown types. Ugh. Every time Just, I see that thirty for yeah. thirty, it it's so hurtful that when I'm I, 
I don't know why I put myself through the pain of watching it, but for some reason, when it gets to the part of the Yankees being up by three games, <laughs> part of me still thinks we can pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah, though yeah, I yeah. know how yeah. it ends. I'm like, see, we got it. Look, it's right there. You just got to win one more game. What do you remember about the 09 title? Because I don't I I wasn't a big fan of watching the Yankees win a World Series. Was there? Tashera had a big moment Tech's in there, right? Yeah. Matsui was just. Unbelievable yeah. that postseason. They gave him like special porn for that month. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, they, he, they gave him this porn he'd never seen before. He just went out of tear. <laughs> I mean, that Is was he, a, a, also beating a great Phil, a Phillies team. That pitching staff was yeah ridiculous. Uh, but you thought that was like this new. It worked. This you new all, era. New era. Yeah. Which, which was. It felt like you were about to get a few. Yeah, like for in sure. the early two thousands, late nineties. And then it just never. And now baseball is just turning into a sport where it just gets to late September and then somebody gets hot for four weeks, which is this flawed Red Sox team. It's like, at least we can score runs. Who the hell knows? Like, you may just get hot for five weeks and score eight runs a game and win the World Series. And and call-ups, like, make it so. I feel like now. Have you seen this new kid we have? Andrew Benintende? Is he one of the ones you guys have to give back? Which one? No, no, no. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys. The Cubans. I know you guys lost a lot of Cubans. <laughs> yeah. We we like to bend the rules with our international <laughs> prospects. No, this is uh this is the kid, the college kid they drafted in the first round. And he looks like he kinda looks like Ashton Kutcher in that seventies show. He almost is super the handsome. Yeah. He's like he's like Fred Lynn forty years later. He's got I mean, he's going to be. He has a chance to be the Boston athlete that gets delayed the most, laid the most in Boston since early Brady. I think it's in play since like oh two oh three range Brady, where Brady could have just walked in any bar and just pointed at anyone and been like, <laughs> "Coming with me." I think this kid has a chance. Who Boston's who, needed this. This is yeah. He can who, step we have into this that role. Unbelievable outfield now. Ben and and Bradley and and Betts. It's like who are the Sox though? Post Poppy. Like, does he bring so much to that team, energy-wise, and as a leader? Like, who? What do you? Well, you guys know this. When you have baseball of all the sports, it's just so constant. It's 162 games, six to seven months a year, same guys day after day after day, and then you just yank someone out. Like with Jeter, it's, it took like a year to, for me to get used to watching the Yankees. It's like, where's Jeter? Oh, that's Didi Gregorius. Right. The the other I forgot the other funny thing how the Yankees are billing this on Yes Network is Alex Rodriguez's final game as a Yankee. Yeah, and even A Rod will not say I'm done. Like, well, I just want to get through Friday. I right. I don't think yeah. he's coming back. He has one hip. He can hit a fastball. I think I saw today the Mariners were like talking about. Well, he just looks broken down now. Just you like, watch him hit, and it's like he, his, now he's pissed. His See, lower now, body's gone. But the stuff with Girardi, now you're you're poking the beast. Now yeah. you're. I think this is what they sh- shouldn't do. Let him go out. He's trying to do all the right things. If, especially the way with Jeter, there was every a, a base at every inning was being taken out. Steiner Sports had all this farewell stuff. It was a huge money-making thing. I was at that game. Yeah. The last oh, one? Yeah. This is amazing. That game was tremendous. I lost my voice. I, I I couldn't. I still have that. I had really good seats, too, and I still have that video on my phone. Or like, he slaps that fucking ball. And me, I was with a coworker from The Daily Show, and we just lost it. We were screaming so loud. Even the it, game yeah. didn't matter. It was just like, Jeter just was being Jeter. That, Jeter was great. I, I, I was always scared when you came. I told you guys this yesterday. I always judge these guys by when they come up against my team. Am I scared? How do I feel? And like, I always felt like Jeter was going to screw us every time he was up. I always felt like he was going to come through. 
The, I don't know what yeah. the I don't know what the actual stats said. I just know how I felt. I can't change how I feel. I he thought he was that, gonna get a hit. Yeah. He had that magic, but the only guy who could fucking in his career with a walk off single to win the game at Yankee Stadium. Well, Robertson blew that yeah. save on purpose. I'm still convinced. They like didn't want that night to end because that game was over. That game was. You over. think he did that? No, but would you blow would a save amazing. on purpose for anyone you know? For Jeter, yeah, my, you would. I would. I yeah. would. Well, now now Jeter's a, a successful media mogul. And 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 a, <laughs> yeah, and a Rod. And the irony of a guy who doesn't like to talk about anything personal. Deputy editor in chief. And he and A Rod couldn't even get he couldn't even get the scoop from A Rod. Well, A Rod's gonna have a better post career, I think, than Jeter did. Because I, I think he's great at TV. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be Fox is gonna ride him every year. I it's it's hilarious because in TV you have to have, when you're doing those studio shows, there's a certain level of phoniness <laughs> that is a real asset. Barkley accepted because Barkley's exactly the same in any situation he's in. He just he's either swearing or not swearing, but he's the same. But A Rod's like just put on earth to be a TV robot for the next twenty years. You're exactly right, Kevin, and you know moving <laughs> the arms and turning and setting people up and just great at it. Yeah, he was awesome last year, and it was like him and Pete Rose makes no sense. It's like it's like something you would hallucinate. What if, if you, he, yeah. what if he got into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame? Instead of the real Hall of Fame, he would be honored. I feel like he would love that honor. He would be so. Like I think the Red the Sox should put. I think the Red Sox should have a villains Hall of Fame. I would totally put a Rod in there. They should retire his number thirteen. Yeah, just like the five athletes we hated the most when, <laughs> when we played against them, he would definitely be up there for me. I think he's probably number one. I loved when A Rod wouldn't come through against the Red Sox. It was my favorite guy not to come through against the Red Sox. I was like, fuck that guy. He sucks. He can never come through. You'll get now. You get one more chance tonight. This is yeah. Yeah. yeah well, by by the time people listen to this, who knows what will have happened? He could hit four. Probably not. It would be funny if he hit a home run and came back to the dugout and nobody acknowledged him. <laughs> it was like the the prank thing, but it was just real, yeah, for real, real, real hatred. Hate <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you very much for stopping by the BS Podcast. Good talk. Thanks. Quick break to talk about our friends at Squarespace. They make it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Regardless of skill level, no coding needed. Not only does Squarespace provide easy-to-use tools, their state-of-the-art technology ensures security and stability. Millions of people, some of the most respected brands in the world, they trust Squarespace and so should you. You get 24-7 online support and a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So why wait? You can even design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates and customizable settings. And with Squarespace Commerce, you get all the tools you need to track inventory process orders and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Start a trial with no credit card required on squarespace.com. Use the offer code BS and you get 10% off your first purchase. It's so easy. Even Joe House figured it out. And he's the dumbest internet person I know. Squarespace.com. All right, this is going to be fun. We have uh, Pat Barker from Any Given Wednesday. Hey. Roast Battle finalist. Runner-up. Yeah. Sarah Tiana. <laughs> Hello. It was a Cinderella run. It really was. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of Roast Battle experience. No, I didn't have a lot of Roast Battle experience, but I've had a lot of roast writing experience. So yes. That's been just something that I always have done and uh i don't get offended easily so i guess i'm good for it on stage too. that's what i told these guys because i lo- i think the roast battle should be the fifth i should replace the challenge as america's fifth professional sport <laughs> i was that into it 
And uh, in the first night, I was like, that girl, Sarah, was great. She had the best spirit about the whole thing. And they were all like, are you kidding? Like, we all know her. And oh I was like, God. oh, we got to get her on. Yeah, she's. Uh, if, if you're into the roast battle scene in L.A. at all, you know who Sarah is. And well, Pat's like the, I don't even know what you are of the roast battle. Like you're like the Mel Kiper Jr. slash if Mel Kiper Jr. also played I, I, yeah, and I, was I, really good at like defensive back. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe you. I, I, I would, I would love to take the title of like the world's foremost roast battle analyst. Like I would, I, I love doing it myself. And I think I'm pretty good at it, but I'll break down game film all day. You could do both. You could be right. the first guy who's in it, but also analyzes it too. <laughs> it was a The whole thing was amazing. And I also like when the judges also seem maybe more stoned than most of the crowd. Oh I gosh. thought it was a great wrinkle. Well, the very first <laughs> night, I was the very first battle up. Yeah. And I made fun of David Spade. And I had prepared to make fun of Kevin Hart too, but he didn't give me any notes yeah because i was gonna be like i'm sorry i can't listen to you right now because my purse is in the green room and i know your friends are there <laughs> um, <laughs> but i didn't get to talk to him and then spade afterwards like the other day was just like i can't believe you made fun of me and i'm like you're about to do the rob Lowe roast like you better right. get ready i'm the nicest person that's gonna roast you and it's just because i was the first one see that's that's why sarah's great whenever i do it i do not mess with the judges at all i don't antagonize because they're all way more successful than i am <laughs> yeah and i know they could shut me down yeah. like I, i'd be so worried if i went at kevin hart he would just you know he would just like well like, the doug Williams, like I jamie fox thing is like the uh, worst case scenario exactly. right yeah i yeah. don't want to walk into that so i keep my mouth shut but sarah is uh she's very like in the moment she'll she'll go after the judges and, and it's very impressive if it's the right thing to say you know so how did we get so on the one <laughs> hand we have this society that has become so politically correct mm -hmm. or politically overcorrect and yet the roast battle, and you just hear the worst, the worst jokes and the worst words, yeah. and words we're not allowed to say anymore, and all this stuff. And it's almost like everybody's agreed, okay, this is over here, right? It's okay. <laughs> Which I don't know how long that stays that way. Did you worry about like having like a backlash to any of your jokes? Uh, no, I mean, I guess I never do. I mean, even when I wrote On the Burn, which was Jeff's uh, TV show. Another one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. We used to do this thing called Roast in Peace or like, yeah. or whatever. The, the It was called Too Soon, I guess, was Too the, soon. the last yeah, thing yeah. we roasted a dead person that week. And that was my favorite because I love when someone dies. I think it's like the nicest thing you can do to them. And I, I know maybe I'm just really messed up, but... <laughs> Like when Al Davis died, I was like, oh, I don't know how he died. I'm assuming he choked. Uh, but I just, I didn't, you know, like, I, you know, <laughs> there's always, you know, something um, that you can say. And I just think that's nice. That means I'm still thinking about you. And when I write a roast joke, I think it's an honor. Like, I've spent time. I know a lot about you. I care about you. And I care to say something that will lighten the mood a little bit. Pat agrees with that. Pat was like, Pat asked me yesterday, like, why wouldn't you ever be roasted? And I was like, I, I can't think of anything worse. My feelings would be hurt for like 20 years. It would be like really? my idea of hell. After, after a while, you, you just build an immunity to it. That's the thing. It's almost like yeah. if you've, like you're an MMA fighter who's just used to getting elbowed in the forehead. It's just, it's just pain tolerance. You yeah. know, like a, like a piece of you dies and you, you no longer have that like, you know, that, that emotional like level where you, you things bother you. Like, what was I've, the miscarriage well, joke? That was like the oh one of the worst God. stories I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so I, I do the roast battle in L.A. And you and have to uh, give notes to the other person. Here's 
all these things about me that yeah. you can use. I battled one of my good friends, and uh, Bill actually made me recreate the the meanest moments of the battle in a pitch meeting. Yeah, because uh, I'm fascinated. It's like, I, my, I don't my, totally understand it. Uh, there's been a couple miscarriage ones. My wife and I had a miscarriage, and uh, one of the good ones was... Uh, when Pat lost his child to a miscarriage, there was nothing funny about it, which is how Pat knew he was the father. Um, <laughs> That's a great so, joke. I, I also have, I, I, have joke. I have very sort of like tight eyes. So uh, one person said, Pat, why are you always squinting? You look like you're staring into the sun you'll never have. <laughs> oh, no. That's so great. Just oh, harsh. And then, uh, you know, and then you hug him afterwards. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't know how it. my wife does it. Yeah, like well, that's, do you, you don't let her come anymore, right? She came to oh, my last did. one. She yeah. was there for See, there's just some like vicious. Lines that I won't cross as well. Like, what? I just yeah. watched you for four days. It seemed like you were I crossing know. every line. Yeah, because I think that there's always a clever, tragic way to do something that isn't like just mean. Yeah. As opposed to, because I I think it's more important to write a joke that's amazing and clever and smart right. that also stings, but not one that's so going like to bring up. you like the craftiness. Yeah, I like not the Not like you're such a fucking hack. Yeah. You're just terrible at comedy. And yeah, that's like the, the joke. Yeah, I remember once somebody made a joke about women not being funny as one of the roast jokes against me. I don't even remember what it was. That's how bad it was. And they go, oh, she's just offended because she's a chick. And I'm like, no, that's just hacky. Like, I'm just upset. <laughs> You're like, if offended you had, at the lack of creativity. I'm yeah. offended that, you, like, even when I roast somebody that is, you know, not nearly as skilled in roast as I am or anywhere, like, success, whatever it is, I don't care who it is, as long as it's someone that I know and respect, I'll roast them because... I've roasted people before that do not put any work into it. And I'm like, if I'm going to put two weeks of my life into researching you, you better be worth it. And I would assume that the jokes on me would be worth it. That's why we saw I, some of those unprepared people at the roast battle. Yes, yeah. yeah. We won't name any names, but uh, yeah. I think they stood out. And I just, yeah, I just, I just think, but you were saying it's such a PC world. And I think comedy is the last form of free speech. I and hope it stays that way. I really hope like the roast battle and the, Yes. I've always loved roasts. I mean, that was one of the, the reason I got hired by Kimmel was because mm -hmm. he did a roast of Shaq that I wrote about on ESPN.com in 2002. And he was the only white guy literally in the building. And he came out and he did all <laughs> these jokes and I praised him for a couple paragraphs in the column and he just yeah. emailed me out of the blue, but they, they used Amazing. to have them on pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, right. It yeah. was like Shaq was doing, it was like nine ninety nine. So it was like the Shaq roast was first. And then the Emmett Smith roast was second, which is still mm. the greatest yeah. hour. That on was YouTube fantastic. Yeah. That was Jeff's greatest roast performance ever. That was, uh, I think that was Jamie Foxx, Doug Williams. Yeah, I think that, that, that was yeah, the Emmett right. Smith one. That yeah. was Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross did the. Uh, uh, I'd have more jokes, but Moose Johnson stole all my shit because Moose Johnson had come out and he said nothing for 15 minutes. Like he thought it was like a cocktail party oh or something. Oh my god! Yeah. But uh, now it's great, and I, I love. I'm glad it's become a franchise. Yeah, roasts are like, that's the last bastion of free speech. I was shocked at how, pleasantly shocked at how little like negative backlash there was. It, it's a it, good thing. I think, but, and the ratings went up every night, right? Oh, and yeah. then Montreal became a bigger and bigger it was thing. A bi it was yeah. a big success. Yeah. And I, I think as long as it's funny, you can get away with saying anything. It as, was a huge success yeah. last year. At, but it wasn't, but it wasn't on, TV, on right? television. And even the girl that I, I battled, this girl, Catherine Ryan from England uh, first. And 
I like did I found her ex husband like <laughs> from like eight oh my. years ago. So you didn't yeah. Google deep dives. No, I know. I just like texted my friends from London. Like, can you get like? Do you guys? Yeah. No, like I just. But I didn't even need to use anything from him. But uh, just in case, yeah, I think it's really important. I want you to be. I don't want you to know what jokes are going to be coming. Like Ralphie should have been so prepared for fat jokes, and he could have had a rebuttal thought, every single he time. Might, he might have guessed it was going to come up. <laughs> At some point. It was almost like he didn't know it could get personal. Yeah, I don't know why. And then he felt, you could tell he was just totally betrayed by by Jeff at the end. Could you see yeah. when you were in Montreal mm -hmm. and afterwards, do you feel like it raised your profile? Because I felt like that. Oh, yeah. So you noticed. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I mean. So what happened? I mean, I'm sitting here right now. That's probably pretty that's awesome. True, that's <laughs> that's like a very tiny. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to meet like uh, Blake Griffin, and like so now, like I love. Oh, polarizing he's so subject. Funny. Oh, polarizing sorry. subject in the op. No, it's yeah. Trayvon and Brennan, one of our other writers, we we had a healthy debate in the writers' room about whether he should be allowed to get 15 minutes in Montreal or not. Oh, whether he paid <laughs> oh, his yeah. dues. Right. Brandon was adamant. It's a, it's a good debate. I know. He's Brandon's like, I don't get to just go on the Clippers and shoot threes in some <laughs> random November game. Yeah. And Trey was like, not a fair comparison and went back. It was good. It was, but, but he was like pretty good, right? Maybe he was really good. And I actually got really mad at him. And I was like, I can't, but like, oh, I'm just going to try to dunk now. How would you feel about that? Right. He was like, you should start with free throws. And I'm like, I'm already getting help with, from Dwight Howard on free throws. I don't need your help. <laughs> Sarah told me that she invited him to the to the semifinals of the Roast Battle Tournament. Yeah. Like a, uh, did you like see a the, guest or like a... Oh, uh, no, that just was to attend. Oh, okay. I asked him, yeah, like and then date? I wrote a tweet about it. No, no, no. Okay. Um, and I got him to approve it first. But yeah, oh. he loved it. I said... Yeah, she, he, she, she, she texted me and said, I invited him to the semifinals, but he couldn't make it but that's okay he's never been to a final four before <laughs> anyway i was like she's roasting that's a roasting great blake now too oh i did the whole time we were there too he could like we were at a bar and he couldn't get a drink and i'm like this wouldn't happen if chris paul was here like i would have a drink right now <laughs> like this would be so much easier you can jump over a car you can't get a whiskey like how hard is that uh but he was super funny about it really cool and it makes sense that yeah. you would think like somebody who's at the highest level of being an athlete Mm -hmm. would be comfortable being able to go up on stage as long as they could like remember the beats and kind of punch it but it's basically stand-ups like at least what 50 percent confidence yeah 60 oh yeah, yeah. i don't think that he's lacking confidence. 100 <laughs> 80 yeah i mean a lot of people can write good jokes but not a lot of people can tell them because you know? i was thinking the finals with you because mm -hmm. i was 100 percent of the bit i tried to figure out how i could bet on you actually and it turns out <laughs> not a lot of uh illegal caribbean <laughs> betting action on the roast battle but um but you told one joke that didn't do well and i can <sighs> tell you got rattled yeah that was my first joke and uh you were kind I of was like, like it was like wow. the first time i was like whoa sarah she's actually she's she's yeah, human i know it was like when dolph lundgren got started bleeding got, in rocky got, four and you're like oh my god he's human <laughs> she's, she's cut <laughs> the, the georgian is cut <laughs> yeah and then i did the joke about him looking like a 49er and that just bombed, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm out. I'm All done. All right, so that one, so I just part, totally part Canadian audience. <laughs> yeah. It was a misread of the audience. It seemed like the Canadians, certain American references just went right over I, their heads. I've been Monday morning quarterbacking it the whole time. I just got rattled, and then I literally blanked. I just blanked. I couldn't remember anymore. That's why I felt like that guy Jimmy who had the, the clipboard. Yeah. I, I think props should be illegal. Yeah. 
Tom Brady doesn't get to just bring a fucking clipboard out when he's calling plays. <laughs> he will for the first four weeks this season. Oh, <laughs> you just roast battle Tom Brady like that. Well, that was so Sorry, good. please don't that fire me. That was a good me. joke. Oh, no, that was so a good joke. I'd never fire you. No, no you're no, the no. best. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that was a good joke. I'll accept that. We have yeah. a we have a quarterback who whose owner sold him out and sold away <laughs> our first round pick. <laughs> And and made him look very culpable. I bet Garoppolo is gonna do so good. So you you Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, I just feel like I'm like I should have just opened the problem. The thing with the roast battle is, as a stand up, I would never go on stage with completely untested material in front of a live audience with millions of people watching. Like, I would be you know prepared. And for the other battles, I have been able to run them like out loud, say them out loud to friends yeah. or Pat or whoever it was. Like, be like, oh, you know, does this sound right? Oh, I should change this order, whatever it was. And for that one, I didn't. And so everything was just so fresh and new in my brain. And that's part of the test, you know. And Mike won that test. And yeah, I'm like, I should have opened with, he's a big film buff. That's why there's always a thick layer of it on his glasses. Like anything like that. <laughs> I think I could have, I should have saved the, um, the kids on the hard drive joke for him. I had planned it for him. Yeah. But it came Almost up like with Almost like you used Earl. it too early. I used it yeah. too early. So, yeah. But that's the thing too, because it was a rebuttal. So like if you don't use it for Earl in that case, you, he, you might not be able to use it later. Yeah, you never know. It's a chess game. Like up there I have 12 jokes in my head. Um, and I chose to go first because if it went to overtime, he would have to go first. Belichick would go second. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> He'd want the hammer yeah. at the end, I he think. He would always go, yeah. and he goes for it on fourth down. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I just was like, we I need some nerds to figure it. out. We need some nerds to figure out if it's more advantageous to go first or second. Second. I would say second, um, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the nerd who's figured it out for you. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot yeah. Mel Kuyper Jr. Yeah. No, you, yeah, <laughs> Mel Kuyper Roaster. <laughs> you, want, you want to, especially if you have like a really good closer. Because yeah. if somebody, like I've gone first and then the other person, it's like a dead heat and then they hit you with a closing punch and then you can't rebuttal it. There's nothing you could do. It's over. The other you thing know? I noticed, yeah, I think it's true. effective when the sneaky rebuttal joke before the joke mm -hmm. after they go some people were doing which technically feels like cheating yeah but they were allowing it the whole time because the judges were stoned out of their mind i think yeah. but like <laughs> be like oh that's a great joke there insulting comment <laughs> and then you reset and you go and it's like you get a double yeah. double whammer in that. i had the opportunity to do that with mike after uh he said i said a joke and then uh, I just it was a rebuttal but I just couldn't think of another thing to say so I just let him go I was just completely rattled by the end I was just my brain was mush Listen, and I couldn't think anymore it's still a win because you made the finals yeah you oh, became yeah, America's yeah. roast battle sweetheart yeah. and now when you do interviews nobody has to they don't have to start with so what's it like to be a woman in comedy <laughs> That's now, what's, what's it like question. to be a woman in roast battle? Now, it's like, what's it like to be the roast battle? And then the second part is, so what do you think of <laughs> whatever? You must get that all the time. Oh, all the time. Because Katie Nolan, who I'm friends with, that's mm -hmm. like the go-to question for... And oh, really? With like, like what's sports it like? media. Right. Yeah, so women in sports media. And mm -hmm. it's like, Katie's just good. It doesn't fucking right. matter. Like, she's, do you like Michelle Beadle? Yeah, like, who cares? <laughs> they like, try to make them enemies. Yeah, Ram <laughs> Ramona Shelburne. And I was emailing with her after the, I think it was New York Magazine did this huge piece about Ramona who has developed like just a shitload of sources and mm -hmm. um, is a really good basketball reporter. She's starting to branch out. And the whole piece was basically, she's a woman in the sport. And it was like, 
she's just good. Like she's one. Of, everyone thinks she's one of the best ones. That's the angle. Do you get that when people find out you're a man who's into The Bachelor? <laughs> I do. I do. What's it like to be a man? <laughs> What's weird is there's a lot of men in the The Bachelor has now crossed over because it's so fun for men to make fun of it. Yeah. But but you guys, it's it's like a soap opera. Everyone's secretly in love with it. I'm I'm a little tired of it. I, I I'm you know what I'm tired of is <laughs> is just the over the top racism on Bachelor 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 oh, in Paradise. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's probably our last really truly racist <laughs> institution. There's never been a black bachelor. They've had like thirty. There's never yeah. been a black bachelorette. Every time there's on, it's always like they have one or two. Mm-hmm. And it's they become like the Gonzaga in the March Madness, <laughs> like you know, trying to buck the odds to get to the final four. <laughs> they never make it, but the producers always tell them they have to stay on for two episodes oh, before yeah. they get voted right. off. Absolutely, and it's unbelievable. It's really like our last truly racist TV franchise, other than like the Duck Dynasty and that kind of. I guess maybe there's other ones. There's How do we get Pat on Rose Battle? How do we get Pat on Rose Battle? Yeah, my, one of my goals for uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. I was. I thought it's he would be on a, it this year. Well, to be honest, yeah, I think he, especially after seeing some of the some of the people that were <laughs> on it, I think Pat. So one of my goals for 2017 is to get Pat Barker one of those 16 spots. Nice. Yeah. I, I appreciate I, if that. If I have to do fucking hashtags and whatever <laughs> else I have to do to get Jeff Ross like better pot, I don't know what I yeah. need to do, but. Tell, tell Jeff, yeah, your endorsement would go a long way. But you know what? I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to take it one roast at a time. Just keep my head down. <laughs> just keep working hard. And, oh uh, you know, the, the good Lord willing, I'll be saying some awful shit on Comedy Central next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should totally be on them. You'll be on it next year. Well, and we'll see. Feeling. I mean, who knows what happens to Sarah last year after you've seen some Super Bowl teams. They get in the Super yep. Bowl. Yep. They have a tough loss. Next year they go 5-11. and 11. You just don't know <laughs> yeah. how they handle that big moment they're replaying it over and over again you just don't know but this could be her second year miami heat situation where she came up short the first year and now she's going to go back with revenge on the mind next year and just murder everybody waking up at five in the morning writing that's very possible or this is my oklahoma city moment where i choked at the end but instead i'll just stop roasting altogether (laughs) yeah Yeah, just give up i got really close and uh, like no i'm gonna start sewing Yeah, that's that is kind of what the it did. Oh my yeah. god! I I battle back and forth. I'm not lately. I'm in the camp of. I kind of wish he had stuck it out one more year. I do feel like he. I I think what Chris Bosch said on my show. I really think mm. that was a huge part of it. Is the baggage of how close they were and how painful it was, it's, and it was like he just wanted to get away. It's like a bad breakup. I totally agree with that. I can only imagine how hard that feels. But to go to Golden State, like I know. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. Whoever tweeted that, one of the some basketball player tweeted that, and I was just like, that is it. Like, I mean, as a coming in second from, I would have rather come in eighth. You know, seriously? Yeah, because it's just like you're so close, and then you just choke at the end, and you're like, how is this happening? Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, I choked. I'll just say that because that's what people choked. are going to say anyway <laughs> I'd I rather just say keep it choked. out that's there harsh. I'd rather just keep I it think out there choking is, is, is too harsh well, I think you, had, you basically had four jokes Yeah, that your didn't opener work. didn't work like you thought it would and then the 49er one was just a, was just a coaching miscalculation yep yeah, I think four, it, that's part of the roast battle. Four is yeah. such a small sample size. Yeah, like it's so hard. Like the best baseball players on earth go zero for four all the time. Yeah, like, and she like went every two other for game. Four. Yeah. yeah, 
that guy, yeah. uh, that guy, Mike was really good though. Oh yeah, he's I mean, so you had, to, you had to go four for four to beat Mike. I feel like. Oh, for sure. That's what I was anticipating it going into overtime, and that's why I chose to go first. Because when I went against Sam, I went first, and then that's why I killed it. Like we went to overtime, and when I said the joke about. I'm just like your real mom. I'm not going to think about you after five minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that was great, and that closed it out. And then there was nothing he could do to come back from that. So, um, do you want to give us? Do you want to give us your Atlanta Falcons before we go quickly? Oh. Your your one minute Atlanta Falcons preview. My one minute Atlanta Falcons preview, like what I think is going to happen this yeah. year. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I really hope that uh, Julio st- stays healthy the whole year. I hope Matt Ryan. Um, Do you like Matt Ryan? Are you thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways? <laughs> sideways at this point. Um, I don't it know. Seems if like it's in it seems like he's the QB that inspires the most ambivalence of any expensive QB with the fans. Like if you insult Matt Ryan to a Falcons fan, yeah, they don't defend him. They don't join in. They're just kind of, they, they don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, it's, well, you you know, he's Matt Ryan. He, you know. Yeah, it's not often you get like hardcore NFL fans who like <laughs> you insult their team and they're like, I can see your point of view. Right. <laughs> that's reasonable. Those are some fair Matt Ryan points. <laughs> yeah. That's why we had to pump in sound because we're all just like, oh, okay, that's fine. I know. We understand and that <laughs> loss. Somehow that you didn't lose your first there. round pick for that one. Yeah, I know. What's worse, sound pumping or like some balls that naturally deflated? Um, don't get me started. I, yeah. I got it. I, I mean, back also off. videotaping. Bill, do you have opinions on well, that? Like, well, <laughs> I'm fine with it now. I think Brady's going to be in the log cabin, just just getting madder and madder. Oh and yeah, he's no, that's in the, the problem. Is like yeah. when, the last time they did this, he won a Super Bowl the next year. This whole sports year is Tom Brady mad. Yeah. It's just going to be him and Westbrook going completely insane, like cyborg mode, and, yeah. and just yeah, swearing that's revenge what I'm on hoping everybody. Happens with yeah. Westbrook. I'm really except hoping when that. Brady gets mad, he channels it into success and teamwork and winning, and Westbrook is going to channel it into field goal attempts. Oh, I love and it. And offensive charges. Well, I think it's going to be better that's, for him. That's my hope, anyway. I, when I was watching them in the finals the whole time, I was like, well, there's no captain. Like, There's two Chiefs and not enough Indians. And I, felt, I feel like there needs to be a Chief. You have to have a LeBron on the team. And, you know, it's going to be weird for him to be in Golden State because there are a lot now of Chiefs. a lot of alpha dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I mean... I don't know. We'll see. I think Clay it's Thompson like, is also the best player on that like team. It's like Jeff Ross in the roast battle. You know who the stoned elf dog judge is? <laughs> yeah, Ross. Ross is the uh, he's he's the LeBron of the roast world for sure. Yeah. We wrote Jeff and I wrote jokes. No, because LeBron can act. <laughs> <laughs> they have basically the same hairline. <laughs> Jeff and I wrote jokes. Uh, for Jimmy for the AMAs for two straight years in like the middle of last decade. Wow. And I, I've never seen anything like it. Because it would be like 10 o'clock. You'd have to just give him enormous amounts of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where he would get stoned right before. He would eat like, you know, 17 chicken parms. And then would proceed to write 90 minutes of, yeah. you know, and come up with all these jokes. Everyone else is in like a coma. Yeah. Well, that's because Jeff be doesn't human. start working until way later after everybody yeah, else different... has been there. He's like on a New Zealand sleep zone cycle or something. Yeah, when we rode on the burn, we would get in at 10. He would come in at noon and then never didn't like anything until he was stoned about four. <laughs> right. And then, at, Many liked everything. and then he's like, now let's get started. And you're like, we have to go home, Jeff. <laughs> What's happening? He should live in like Alaska or somewhere without daylight. 
Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. Sarah. You want to plug anything? Uh, no, just uh, roast battle. <laughs> Sarah we, Tiana on Twitter. We have to figure out stuff for you to do. Yeah, I would. Really, I I'm a huge I don't fan want you to leave our of world. you and your show. Well, so thank you. Anything that I could possibly do thank here, you. you're is very an honor. beloved on the any given Wednesday premises. <laughs> Pat Parker next year, 2017. Make Montreal. it happen. Start make, that, make that hashtag. Start get that training. going. Barker 217. I love it. 2017. Yeah, Barker 2017. Barker. Let's hashtag that. Somebody who added some sort of mean joke to it. Yeah. Yeah, please. If you have to roast me in the process, just, go for just it. Yeah, roast do Pat with your ha- fat hashtag. Barker 2017. <laughs> fat Barker. Hashtag Fat Barker 2017. Uh, oh, like she's a natural. <laughs> and that will start trending. Well, that's more likely to trend than Pat Barker. Yeah, I'll go by the name Fat Barker if it gets me on television. <laughs> I don't. I'm not above that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Sonos, the smart speaker system that streams all of your favorite music to any room or every room. Control your music with one simple app and fill your home with pure, immersive sound. One simple app brings together all your favorite music services and you can control everything in every room of your house. You can even add existing music services or you can discover something new. Check it out, Sonos. And don't forget to check out theringer.com. We are halfway through month three almost halfway through month three i continue to be proud of the content we're putting out there please check it out please support that site and don't forget about our seven other podcast feeds on the ringer podcast network especially the ringer nfl show is about to get super relevant over these next few weeks we're going to preview stuff we're going to be putting new hosts on there all kinds of things i might even make an appearance or two the ringer nfl show and uh i know people are wondering about this but Cousin Sal and I will be back this season. So that's happening too. It's going to be year 10 for us. Yeah, year 10. We started 2007 in the fall, the year the Patriots went uh, 18 and 1. God damn it, why do we go 18 and 1? And don't forget about any given Wednesday, 10 p.m. Wednesdays, HBO. First seven episodes are on HBO Now and HBO Go and HBO On Demand. You can check out the new splash page we have on HBO Now. That includes every episode, every bonus clip we've done, including Weed Round with Seth Rogen and uh, and Ricky Williams. And that's it. Enjoy the weekend. We have two podcasts coming next week, so enjoy that. And goodbye, A-Rod. Take care. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. The picture me rolling.